Should Rahul Gandhi have criticized the government and more specifically the Prime Minister when he was in the UK? Did he break some convention which says that politicians in India, from India, should never, when they go abroad, say anything bad about politics in India? Or did he even, as such intellectual giants as Ravi Shankar Prasad have suggested, did he appeal to the white colonial masters and ask for foreign intervention in India's affairs? Well, that's one side of the story. It's another side of the story, which is that when the Prime Minister went abroad, he was not shy about criticizing Manmohan Singh, the Manmohan Singh government, and all his other political opponents. So did he actually start the trend? Is it so that there is such a convention saying that when you go abroad, you can't say anything about Indian politics? If Rahul Gandhi is abroad and he's asked about what's happening in India, should he lie and say things he doesn't believe in only to make Mr. Modi look good? Look, these are two points of view and you've heard the debates, I'm sure, over the last week. So my sense is where you stand on this has very little to do with the facts. It has to do with where you belong anyway. People who support Rahul Gandhi believe that the trip was a triumph and that he said the right things and he had every right to say what he did. And people who oppose him, people who support the government, say he's disgraced India, he's gone and blotched our copybook, he's destroyed our reputation and he's behaved disgracefully. So I'm not going to offer you a yes and no. Maybe he did disgrace India, maybe he didn't, maybe he just spoke the truth. You probably have made up your mind anyway. But my question is slightly different. My question is, what does the BJP gain by raising this issue again and again? You may have noticed that over the last few months, every time Rahul does something, whether it's the Bharat Jodo Yatra or anything like that, he attracts criticism from the BJP. In fact, no other opposition figure is scrutinized as much by the BJP. None of them is attacked as much as Rahul is. Why is that? Well, it's hard to explain because the BJP has told us that he's a tiresome irrelevance, that Rahul is a fool, that he doesn't understand any politics, that he's a joke. It's encouraged us to laugh at him. And yet what the BJP is doing now is not laughing at him. It's actually taking him very seriously. It's taking what he said and it's telling us why it is wrong and it's opposing him. So the old Rahul caricature, that is the Papu, is gone. Now is Rahul the dangerous person who works in anti-national ways? I'm not saying that either caricature is correct, but certainly there's been a shift. So the Congress is within its rights to say, if this man is such a tiresome irrelevance, if he's such a duffer, why are you so obsessed with him? It's a good question. It's a question, I think, that has to do with Rahul's own record. If you look at the facts, and this is just factual and there's no prejudice here, since Rahul took over the Congress, effectively he took over in 2014, fought that election, brought the Congress down to its lowest total level. In 2019, Mr. Modi wiped the floor with him. Rahul was nowhere and the Congress lost and the BJP did extremely well. Since then, the Congress has lost in state after state. Senior leaders, Rahul's friends even, have left the Congress, have crossed over to the BJP. And now I think the consensus is that no matter what Rahul does, the Congress will not win the next general election. Mr. Modi is coming back. When you have the BJP's own claim that this man is a papu and you have Rahul's electoral record, why do you need to take him so seriously? Why do you need to draw attention to him pretty much on a weekly basis? 
I don't know. But you know, it's had the effect of making Rahul seem like the primary opposition figure in India. It's kept him in the news. His performance electorally has not kept him in the news. It's the fact that the BJP goes on and on about him that creates these two poles, the BJP versus Rahul Gandhi. Does Rahul deserve it all? I don't know. But certainly it does Rahul no harm. It gives him a prominence that his own actions have not given him. Now, my view on this is that this is symptomatic and symbolic of a certain decline in the BJP's approach to politics. When Mr. Modi won the election the first time, he won it because the BJP moved away from being a party of cranks and a party of people with hobby horses and obsessions and became this sleek political machine that always thought strategically. You could argue that in that era, to belittle Rahul, to make out that he was a joke, made a certain amount of sense because he was at that stage representing the last government, the government that Mr. Modi had defeated. But now, does it make any sense, particularly as you're not making fun of him any longer, you're attacking him, you're taking him seriously, does it make any sense to go on and on? My feeling here is that the BJP is not thinking any longer. Attacking Rahul is a default option. It's something they do as a knee-jerk reaction. It's no longer strategy, it's an obsession. And more and more, the BJP is becoming a party of obsessions. Let's take the constant attacks on Jawaharlal Nehru. You could argue, and I'd probably agree with you, that we focus too much on Nehru's role in the freedom struggle. We don't give enough credit to many lesser-known people who also fought battles at great personal cost to themselves. So yes, there is an argument for redressing the balance. But is there an argument for going on and on about Nehru, for blaming everything on Nehru? Well, you could argue it's worthwhile because the Congress is Nehru's party. And by attacking the very foundations of the Congress, you're defeating today's Congress. But are you really? Do you know anybody who votes for the Congress today or supports Rahul because they think that 70, 75 years ago, 80 years ago, Rahul's great-grandfather did a good job? I don't think so. I don't think anyone sees this Congress as being the Congress that won us our independence. There have been many, many changes. It's the same criticism about the BJP's obsession with Mahatma Gandhi. Though the Prime Minister is very careful never to say anything against Gandhi, who he hails as the great son of Gujarat, people under him are not so careful. Terrible things are said about Gandhiji, and some BJP people have even praised his assassin. How does this help the BJP? How is this strategic? I don't get it. It seems to me to be an obsession. And indeed, the freedom struggle is something of an obsession with the BJP. Let's detach ourselves from the obsessions and look at it rationally. The BJP was founded in 1980. Its predecessor, the Jansangh, was founded in 1951. Neither party was around during the freedom struggle. So to expect the BJP to have some presence in the freedom struggle or to expect the Jansangh to that is silly. They weren't around then, they didn't exist. No other political party feels obliged to give itself a role in the freedom struggle. Arvind Kejriwal does not say that his great-grandfather was India's greatest freedom fighter, nor does anybody else. They accept that if there are new, there are new parties, they must be treated as new parties, or at the very least as parties that weren't around when India fought for freedom. But no, the BJP, because of his obsession with doing down Nehru and attacking Gandhi, keeps trying to find heroes who it says represent the BJP's point of view. And it's a very odd choice of heroes. 
For instance, the Sadar Patel, who's the BJP has now tried to hijack almost as a Hindutva mascot. Now, Sadar Patel and Pandit Nehru had differences. I think every historian will tell you that. But they were not fundamental differences. It wasn't that Sadar Patel got up at a cabinet meeting and said, what's all this secularism stuff? Hindutva Zindabad. Actually, he was the man who banned the RSS. And yes, they had disputes, but they had disputes like LK Advani and Atul Bihari Vajpayee did. Does that mean that LK Advani was not part of the BJP? That that Mr. Vajpayee had a completely different view? No, it doesn't. It means that even within a political party, there are people with differences. Or let's take the hijacking of Bhagat Singh. That's even more bizarre. Bhagat Singh was a communist, a leftist certainly, an atheist. He would be appalled to find himself some kind of Hindutva hero. But no, the BJP keeps using Bhagat Singh as one of its mascots. Or take Subhash Chandra Bose. Now, there you have some argument for claiming that Netaji had problems with Gandhiji and Nehru. Yet, they were not problems that were of a deep and personal nature. In the INA, he had a regiment named the Jawahar Regiment after, after Nehru. Even after the war ended, the British tried to prosecute and persecute INI veterans. It was Nehru who defended them in court. So to act as though these people had left the Congress and were totally hostile to it and would, if, if time had been around, defected and become ministers in the Modi cabinet. It makes no sense. It was never like that. So why does the BJP bother to do this? Why does it feel obliged to find its own icons? There's Savarkar. Now, people may disagree with Savarkar, but I don't think you can dispute that he was a patriot. I don't think you can dispute that he went through great personal hardship. But to make Savarkar your ideal as your sort of rival to Gandhi, it's complicated. No? You have to explain away all his apologies to the British. You have to explain away his differences with the RSS. You have to explain away, for instance, even little things like his great support of beef eating. So he's not exactly your Modi cabinet member. I don't think any of this matters. People who vote for Mr. Modi, who vote for the BJP, vote on his performance. They vote on his charisma. And perhaps they vote because they believe in the idea of a Hindutva-type India. They certainly don't vote for the BJP because Bhagat Singh is its mascot or because there was some history that the BJP had in the freedom struggle before it even existed. So why does the BJP go on and on? Why it's so, is it so obsessed with the freedom struggle? Why does it want to do down ex-congressmen or dead congressmen? Why does it want to hijack other people's heroes? Why does it want to give itself a role? Frankly, I don't know. It's like the obsession with Rahul Gandhi. I really don't understand it. This is not strategic thinking. I don't think anybody ultimately is convinced that Bhagat Singh was a secret Hindutvavadi. But the BJP goes on and on because of some kind of obsession, some kind of feeling that it wants to give itself as much of a historical role as it thinks the Congress had. It's silly and it makes no sense. I often wonder about that. I often wonder if people at the top of the BJP think these things through. The Prime Minister himself doesn't talk like this. It's almost always people down the line. And the sort of more hysterical statements come from the grassroots people, from leaders who you know are in slight lunatic fringe. But it's still BJP policy. Still BJP spokespeople go on television and say bad things about Rahul Gandhi, attack Nehru. It's a strange case of a party that sees itself as the party of the future, but is obsessed with a past it never had. 
I don't know whether it'll change. I don't know if there's some design to it. I can't think of one. The whole idea of belittling Rahul is now gone. They're taking him seriously. They're treating him as a, the only significant opposition leader. They attack regularly. Well, I don't think Rahul's objecting. I think Rahul's visit to the United Kingdom would not have got so much attention. The terrible things he did actually say about the situation in India, about the BJP, would not have got so much publicity if it wasn't for the BJP. Is it a self-goal? Have they done Rahul a favor? My guess is yes, because of obsessions rather than strategy. They're actually keeping Rahul center stage and they're doing him a huge favor.